podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans, and the bar is now open. Welcome to episode 51. I am your host, John. I'm Justin. And I'm Kyle. How you guys doing today? Yeah, I need to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, are you ready to record Killer Clowns from Out of Space? Hmm, I probably should have watched it again, but no, I'm just kidding, I watched it. <laughs> Alright, it is now time for another round of... Has Kyle seen it? Justin, do you have a movie for Kyle this week? We'll go with something that, I don't know, it's possibly he has seen, because, I don't know, but we'll go with the Polly Shore classic. In the army now. I don't think he's seen it. Probably not. Yeah, nope. I haven't even heard of it. It's a good movie. It's worth watching. What the fuck? Polly Shore did it okay. <clears throat> In the army now. Yep. Polly Shore, Andy Dick, David Allen Greer, Lori Petty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a disappointment, Kyle. I thought you were going to say Biodome when you said Polly Shore. No, I, I don't have. really like Biodome. That's the one I don't oh. like. I've seen that one. Oh, you've seen Biodome, but not in the army now. All right, Justin, do you think Kyle has seen the Jim Carrey classic based in Rhode Island, Me, Myself, and Irene? I would certainly hope so. But then again, we're talking about Kyle, so probably not. Kyle, have you um, seen? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It would have been a while ago, but I've seen most of Jim Carrey's stuff. So. Where he but, plays the Rhode Island State Police Officer with the split personalities? Yeah. I definitely think I have back in the day. Yeah. Wow, Kyle Steiner. Well, yeah, What this is the first time you guys Jim have said a movie made in 2000 or after in about... Ten weeks. Yeah. Oh, this, this is my point. This is Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I've seen lots of movies that were made well before my time. Yeah. Lots. Too. And I had seen lots of movies made well before my time. Because I was forced to watch a lot of movies that were made before my time. What's <laughs> well, by who, Justin? Sorry, you guys forced me. <laughs> Parents, you know. Well, if you wanted to watch TV, that's what they were watching. We you tried with you, it. Kyle, but you were just too big of a scaredy cat. That's all. You guys just list comedies. <clears throat> yeah. That's what childhood's all about. We tried to take you under our wing, but it just didn't work. Wait, do you want me to ask you about dramas? Yeah. I bet you've seen a lot of romantic comedies like Brokeback Mountain. That's not a rom-com. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So I came across an article on Bloody Disgusting a few moments ago. They have begun filming the remake of Faces of Death. Kyle, do you know what that is? Yeah. Justin, do you know what that is? Of 
course I know what that is. So the new plot revolves around a female moderator of a YouTube-like website whose job is to weed out offensive and violent content and who herself is recovering from a serious trauma that stumbles across a group that is recreating the murders from the original film. But in the story, Prime for the Digital Age and Age of Online Misinformation, the question faced is, are the murders real or fake? So the whole controversy behind the original movie was that everybody thought it was real when it turns out that it was staged with gory special effects often paired up with real footage. What do you guys think of this? I mean, that's... It's been done to death at this point. Like, I get that they started it. Kinda. Not really, but kinda. I mean, it was kind of one of those first real... I guess you could consider it viral type things because I can remember hearing about that in elementary school. Yes. You know, oh, there's a movie out there where they're actually killing people. And, oh, oh, you know, but I mean, that's not the first time that's happened. I mean, you get the Green Inferno. Um, they thought that that was so real that he was actually killing people in it too. So I mean, it's not the first time, but I mean. At this point, though, especially like with like Wreck, VHS, those that's exactly what I was thinking. Movies, like the Poughkeepsie it's taste, the same. Though. It's all the same stuff. It's just yeah. it, it it is a good way to tell a short horror story if there's a thread through it. But yeah. for the most part, it's been kind of done to death. I really hope they have the monkey scene in the remake. I mean, if they're redoing the original because people are, quote-unquote, redoing the original killings, I would assume that it will. Maybe a different animal. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' take on that real quick. Um, How about you, Kyle? (laughs) Yeah, Kyle. Um, Well, I haven't seen the original. I I thought they were doing, like, a straight-up remake, but I guess it's kind of cool, like... I was kind of meta of words like remaking it in the movie. Like it could be if it's well done, it could be good. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about the fact of it being like a YouTube thing. Like, you know, get with the times, boomer. Yeah, yeah. So many yeah, VHS yeah. tapes <laughs> being found. Yeah, fuck you guys and your fucking YouTube and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, we skipped right over like found DVD footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, went from VHS to streaming videos on the dark web. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there, isn't there one that's like, oh, I forget what it's called, but there's one where it's like there's a website and they watch it and it's people being yeah. killed. Isn't that fear.com.com? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fear.com. Yeah. And kind of like that movie Untraceable with Diane Lane. That's how. Like the whole premise of the movie is people are getting killed on a website and she's one of those FBI people that tracks that kind of shit on the web. Yeah. There was, um, you know, also like unfriended or whatever. Like there's movies happening that are like all on a yeah. computer screen. Like I could see this somehow being one of those. Unfriended. There was that Zoom one that they did right that after was, the pit. Yeah. Yeah. That one was really good. Um, well, I guess that's the age we live in now. 
All right, boys. Original ideas. Yeah, no shit. Well, I don't know. There's Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out. I keep hearing about from a certain six-year-old who's very excited that it's coming to Peacock. But, uh, all right. Kyle, what have you watched this week? Um, it's been a, I haven't watched much, but I saw Air, which was good. Um, and then I watched Resident Evil Damnation and then Killer Clowns. That was it for this week. Oh. Justin? I have watched, well, In the Army now. I did watch that. Uh-huh. I had to watch that. Uh, I also watched, uh, The Equalizer and The Equalizer 2. Um, both good movies. Didn't yeah. realize Cowboy was in the second one. Cowboy! Cowboy? He's in the second one as a guy who gets blown. I'm sorry. Blown to smithereens. Hall of Fame Cowboy now. He's going yeah. in the Hall of Fame okay. this year. Uh, so yeah, I watched those. I watched, um, Oh, we should kill. Oh, I can't remember that guy's name. It was on, um, let's see, it was on Amazon or Peacock or something. It was a pretty good movie. I can't remember the name of it. I feel bad for that. <laughs> I did watch Killer Clowns. I did watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Uh, now, the next thing I have for you is we're going to see if John can guess what movie I watched based on my favorite quote from Donkey that Punch. movie. No. Rubber. The the quote is I was frozen today. I don't have a fucking clue. Suburban commando. Oh. Christopher Lloyd says it after he gets frozen uh, today. Oh yeah, that's right. It's just the way he delivers it. I just always love that line and I always remember it. So uh, and then I did also watch Mr. Nanny. Oh, you're on a Hulk Hogan kick. What's next? Uh, it's just children's movies. If the kids came home, I'd safe. <laughs> Three Ninjas and High Noon or something, whatever that one was. No, I didn't watch that one. But uh, you guys will be proud. Uh, had a moment with Hunter today. He called me to tell me that boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. That's good that you tell him he's not too much. I just started laughing and had to hang up the phone. I was not ready for that. But, yeah, so Hunter's learning about. And just thinking, 11 years when he's 18, I can play this episode back and be like, hey, remember that time you told me this? (laughs) So, let's see. I have watched. This might take a while. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, which I'll talk about in a little bit, which then led me to Man on the Moon, which then led me to Fun with Dick and Jane, which then led me to Me, Myself, and Irene. Uh, All Jim Carrey movies, funny. Um, It's funny because Jim Carrey stars, I can't remember the actor's name at the moment, but in both Me, Myself, and Irene and Fun with Dick and Jane, but... I thought that was funny. And then me and Hunter watched Big Mama's House and Big Mama's House 2. And then I watched Big Mama's Like Father, Like Son. I watched Killer Clowns from Out of Space. Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. And then I watched Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, which was recently released on Blu-ray. Which, watching back, that I think it was all staged. 
that talks about when Bret Hart was screwed at the Survivor Series in 97. <coughs> but, yeah. So, that's what I've watched this week. Now, how about we get into our picks of the week? Justin, start us off. All right. Well, my pick of the week this week is to be, I think it's my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger spy action movie. It's True Lies. Secretly a spy, but thought to by his family to be a dull salesman, Harry Tasker, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, is tracking down nuclear missiles in the possession of Islamic jihadist Aziz, played by Art Malik. Harry's mission is complicated when he realizes his neglected wife, Helen, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is contemplating an affair with Simon, played by Bill Paxton, a used car salesman who claims he's a spy when Aziz kidnaps Harry and Helen. The secret agent must save the world and patch up his marriage at the same time. Released July 15th, 1994, and directed by James Cameron. I mean, I just love this movie. It's got a little bit of everything. Some good, good explosions. Some good comedy. It's good action. I just really like this movie. I love that scene where they're in the hotel and she's dancing. She doesn't realize that it's him. How the fuck can you not tell that was him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, take it off. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a tape. Oh yeah, that's right. But all right, Kyle, have you seen True Lies? No. Missing out, man. That's a good movie. It's not a, necessarily a comedy <laughs> for action than comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to see it. All right, Kyle. How about your pick of the week, which was almost my pick of the week? Yeah, well, I gave it to you. when you texted for the picks, I was on Letterboxd and saw you logged Cabin Fever 2. So I was like, I'll do Cabin Fever 1. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the second one. <laughs> but uh, Dick. Bert, played by James DeBello. A college student vacationing with friends in the mountains mistakenly shoots a local man, Ari Ver- Verveen, with a skin infection while hunting in the woods. Panicking, he abandons the scene and leaves the man for dead. When the man stumbles into a reservoir, he infects the water supply, and soon one of Bert's friends becomes infected. The friends struggle to stop the contagious flesh-eating disease while on the run from a group of orny backwoods locals out for revenge. Um, came out September 12, 2003. And directed by Eli, Eli Roth, and yeah, it's one of my favorite horror movies. Really fun. Have you seen that? Is terrible. What's that? It says, it, it says mistakenly shoots a local man with a skin infection. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have you anyway. seen the remake where it's like an exact word for word? No. I think that's something we should cover soon. But uh. Yeah, I, I watched it last night. I forgot how good it was. It's been a while since I've seen it, and I was I was starting to look for Cabin in the Woods, but then I was like, ooh, Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my pick of the week is Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Using 100 hours of footage from the set of Man on the Moon, filmmaker Chris Smith documents Jim Carrey's transformation into the legendary performance artist and comedian Andy Kaufman. This was released on November 17th, 2017, and directed by Christopher Smith, or Chris Smith. Um, it's kind of funny, because Jim plays it so straight-faced, like, well, yeah, once I signed on for the role, Andy Kaufman just took over, and he was like a fucking dick backstage, you know, when he, you know, causing chaos, like, at one point, he's 
fucking with Jerry Lawler while he's getting his makeup done to the point where he, Lawler chases him out of the trailer. And <clears throat> so it's kind of interesting and a good behind the scenes of the movie Man on the Moon. And so either of you guys seen that? No. Nope, I have not. It's on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original. So. But it's now time for our main topic of the week. Killer clowns from outer space. That was terrible. Shut up. (laughs) It was originally released on May 27th, 1988. It was directed by Stephen Kyoto. Screenplay written by Stephen Chiodo, Charles Chiodo, and Edward Chiodo. Um, the budget was $1.8 million, um, and it had a rating of PG-13. It is not R, and it's currently streaming, streaming on Tubi and Paramount+. Plus. For our cast of characters, we have Grant Kramer as Mike Tobacco, Suzanne Snyder as Debbie Snone, John Allen Ness Nelson as Dave Hansen, John Vernon as Curtis Mooney, Michael S. Siegel as Rich Terenzi, Peter Lacassi as Paul Terenzi, Royal Dano as Farmer Gene Green, Charles Kyoto as Jojo the Clownzilla, Christopher Titus as Bob McGreed, Claire Bartle as a young girl that is stalked by the one of the clowns. I did not know about, about Christopher Titus. I thought I found that interesting. He's yeah, a I, comedian there. Yeah, I know who he is. I didn't know that either. Yep. Appears to be his first on-screen credit. So, starting off, runtime about an hour thirty. How did you guys feel about the runtime for this movie? I mean, it's perfect. Pretty, pretty classic for a horror yeah. movie, especially an '80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love the title music for this song. Mm-hmm. This movie i mean just the way that it, it encapsulates the movie because it's it's that that typical circus jingle to it but it's got that you know that rock something wrong with it sound to it it's 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 i love that mm-hmm. I do love that yeah so let's start discussing it just outside of the town of Crescent Grove, Mike Tobacco and his friend Debbie Stone are parked with other couples at the locals' lover's lane. When they see this strange glowing object fly across the sky, falling down in the earth, so pans over to the next scene nearby, Farmer Gene Green. The names in this movie like are so basic. I love it. <clears throat> Believing it to be uh, Haley's Comet, he ventures out in the woods to find the impact site. So... I- Yes. The opening of this movie, what do you think? Well, I think it sets it up. Love for, the music. Yes. It does yeah. set it up really well. Um, I mean, that whole interaction there at the beginning with the Terenzi brothers and the ice cream truck up at Lover's Lane there. Oh, and the fat girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the girls come out of the back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're up there thinking anybody's going to care about buying ice cream while they're... Uh, Necking in the car. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that the ice cream truck has a clown on top, kind of ironic and foreshadowing. 
Yes, but they do use that clown to their advantage later on yeah. in the movie. <laughs> or try to, I should say. So, Kyle, what did you think? Is this yeah, the first time you've seen this, Kyle? Yeah. <gasps> That's terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I liked the setup, definitely. Like, I like how it's like a shooting star, and they're all like, oh, let's go after it. I thought that was a fun way for them to um, discover, stumble upon the killer clowns. So. It is so weird to look at this movie and realize that uh, Beetlejuice came out the same year. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's it's such a staunch difference just in the way it looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So the effects. A, a guy that I work with, he's 77 years old. <coughs> and all he's been asking me for like the last three or four months, hey, have you covered the, that movie with the clowns? I said, what, what movie? What, it? And he goes, no, no, no. The Killer Clowns. I was like, you know Killer Clowns? He goes, yeah. When I first saw it, I told... I was working with a student, and I was like, oh, you ever seen this movie, Killer Clowns? And the kid's like, oh, yeah, we love that movie. And he was, like, astonished that this movie was so popular. Definitely a cult classic, but. Yeah, I feel like it's had, like, a resurgence recently, too, with the game. And, like, this year at Spirit Halloween, there was so much Killer Clowns merch. Like, probably out of all the properties, the Killer Clowns had the most, like, shelf space. Which oh, I yeah, they had. They're trying to drum up, make sure that there's interest in yeah. and make it worth making that second movie. Yeah. E- even NECA's gotten on board with uh, the the Toonie Terrors figures. Yeah. They made one of uh, Shorty and Fatso and another clown that has the hanging cotton candy. Yeah. I mean, they're just ripe for that kind of thing, though. I mean, oh, yeah. Fun. I'd love an ultimate Fatso oh. figure or an ultimate friggin'. Slim figure. I don't know if it, we got that far, but but we'll talk about that later on. So, Justin, why don't you carry us on through the movie? Yeah. So uh, then you get uh, good old Farmer Gene Green with his with his faithful dog Pooh Bear coming through the woods there, following the trail, thinking he's going to get rich. Uh, when he stumbles upon a large circus tent out in the middle of the woods. I mean, I don't know about you. But if I'm following something like that and I come across a brightly glowing circus tent in the middle of the woods, my ass is staying away. But good old country boy, Green, Gene Green, he's going to go out there and unfortunately have a run in with one of the clowns. Uh, I mean, it, it, this is he's kind of walking around, he trying to find a way in. I love how you can see the shadow of the fat clown there mm-hmm. kind of following him and good old Pooh Bear. Uh, and then he just kind of reaches out with the net, grabs good old Pooh Bear. I don't know how the bandana gets left behind. That doesn't really make any sense to me. But, you know, he flips out. Not a good scene. Uh, then you get Mike and Debbie arriving to investigate for themselves. They do wind up entering the structure. They discover, you know, the complex, basically maze with all kinds of bizarre rooms. And eventually they do come to the realization that they're a spaceship. I mean, I don't know what wouldn't lead you to believe that it was a spaceship. <laughs> It was a you know, tent staked into the ground. It looked like it's in the middle of the goddamn forest. 
Hey, they set up for fucking carnivals in some weird spots. Yeah, in the middle of the eighties, still gotta have parking. Dude, it was the eighties. I know, but you still gotta have parking. Um, so then inside the spaceship, they stumble upon the gelatinized Gene Green, who's encased in a sticky co- cocoon, which we find out is cotton candy. Um, and they're spotted by a clown who shoots popcorn at them from a bazooka-like weapon and then chases them aided by another one who uses, you know, he ties a balloon and it becomes a dog that barks and makes noises and stuff. Um, but narrowly escaping to the local police station, they report the incident to one of the officers and Debbie, Debbie's ex-boyfriend, Dave Hansen, and his curmudgeonly partner, Curtis Mooney, who just took in some... Uh, kids for drinking in the park as well so so far what what did you guys think of officer mooney or sergeant mooney or whatever he was i love how he's an overdone like generalized 80s cop yeah yeah hates kids angry at kids yeah totally angry at kids for no reason yeah and he like doesn't even really care about the law like he just wants to do it his way it's like his jail which we get into later on with yeah. his arrest. But uh so Mike takes Dave to the ship, uh the side of the ship, only to find that it's disappeared and left the lodge crater in its place. They travel up to Lover's Lane only to find all the cars abandoned and covered in con- in the cocoon substance. I mean, the effects in this movie are fucking amazing for its time. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 turning them into cotton candy is, I mean for the late eighties or you know, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, but, I think the the director and writers they were like big um, special effects people. Yes, they they were. Yeah, I believe I, they created them all, all the yeah. special effects. Yeah. So. They they I they've done a ton of stuff. I can list it. Like I I think they did. Some Team America stuff, like mm-hmm. a lot of stop motion and all that. So it's kind of perfect when people like that make movies. Yeah. So now we're at the uh, probably one of the best parts of the movie here. Uh, basically, it's the montage of the clowns going around, different knocking on different doors, playing tricks, getting people to open up their doors, and they're encasing them with their guns into the cotton candy. And, you know, I mean, they were, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I thought they were all pretty clever. I mean, the pizza one was pretty good. Yeah. Um, just think, mm-hmm. uh, pizza. Uh-huh. And then the other ones pop out and then the head pops out. And yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and the one with the lady with the, <laughs> the fat one shows up and gives the lady the girl, did you do this? <laughs> He's got the smile and then the frown. So, I mean, that was pretty decent little showcase of their effects there. Um, the guy with the puppet show over at the uh, casino huh, in the park. The mm-hmm. puppet show. That was a good one. I mean, at a certain point, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief for this movie. <laughs> They're aliens. They just have good technology to, to do all the stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. All right, Kyle, what you got? 
Um, Mike and Dave then witness a clown using shadow puppets to shrink a crowd of people, which I think is fun because, you know, he's doing the hand thing and it's like a silhouette of a woman behind him. Um, and then they dump a, dump them in a bag full of popcorn, which were revealed to be clowns in larval form. Um, and then back at the police station, another clown arrives and Mooney arrests it. He's very happy because he believes the whole town's just making up this clown thing. Just thinking it's more teenagers. Um, Getting all those phone calls. Yep, yep. Everybody calling because the clowns are literally killing them. But Mooney does not believe that. Yeah. I mean, after a certain point, I mean, that's just being a dick. Yeah, he gets like three in a row and he's like, the whole town is in on The whole town is in on this prank to get me with clowns. Well, maybe, maybe it's a small town. Maybe three people is really a three phone calls. Well, Dave returns to the station to find the place ransacked, and the clown, which was just recently arrested, is now using a deceased Mooney as a ventriloquist dummy. That was a good one. I like how they foreshadowed that one earlier, too. Yeah. You're not going to make a dummy out of me. Yeah. And. Wrong. You know, like, that scene just cracked me up. Um. But Dave shoots the alien in the nose, which causes it to spin wildly and explode. So now we found their weakness. Yes, yes. And I love how he so nonchalantly tells them it a little later on when they all meet up. It's just like going down the stairs. He's like, yeah, shoot him in the nose. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why not? Like in a throwaway scene. It's just like, come on. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Mike winds up meeting up with his friends, Rich and Paul, in the ice cream truck, and they're driving around. They get the ice cream truck. The idea is that they're going to warn people, but for the most part, Rich and Paul are just joking around, not believing anything going on. Uh, But at this point, they come around the corner, and they basically come across what is set up as a parade of clowns who are basically sucking up all of their cotton candy uh, cocoons. But then they wind up going over to Debbie's house. And at Debbie's house, oh, we get why we go to Debbie's house, sorry. And the popcorn from her earlier encounter with the clowns evolves into the little baby clowns, and they start popping up out of the hamper and getting all bitey and grabby and stabby. And I thought this was another good one. Um, just the little heads on the things like the snakes. And the, that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know how much that whole, you know, shoving a shower head in its mouth would have worked, but I guess if they had an actual throat, it would have made for a better effect. But. <laughs> I like earlier, too, when she's, like, first – getting in the shower, like, the popcorn on the floor starts, like, crawling a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you kind of see the hamper just kind of do one of those, you know, mm-hmm. little little tumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after, you know, Debbie's getting captured, Mike, Dave, and the Terenzis give chase, following the clowns to what's a local amusement park, um, where you see the big tent, so they've re- relocated to where you think the tent would be. Um, journeying through the funhouse, the Trenzi brothers become separated, and after Dave and Mike witness a clown using a drinking straw to drink one of the gelatinized townspeople's blood, 
they rescue De- Debbie by like shooting her out of it, the balloon, and then flee into a maze full of traps. <laughs> how, about, how about the the, the the clowns that the Terenzi brothers wound up finding? Oh yeah, so it's two uh, girl clowns and like their boobs are inflating like uh, like balloons, and <laughs> the so Terenzis look very excited. I, I don't even think if they were inflating, they would have been excited. Yeah, <laughs> that was just just funny. Um, but I mean, it, it clearly it didn't hurt them because there's you know we're going to talk about them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the trio finds themselves surrounded by a legion of clowns. So they just they decide to climb up on it looked like blocks, and just when you fail. Just when you feel that there's no hope for our heroes. The Terenzis arrive in the ice cream truck and use the PA to distract the aliens by claiming to be the head alien or the head clown. Jojo the clown. Leave them alone. Let them go. Which, I mean, it distracts them enough that they get to climb down off the tower. They come running over to the ice cream truck. But as they reach the ice cream truck, all of the clowns start looking up. And from up out of the ceiling, basically you see a gargantuan clown marionette coming down from the ceiling. And Jojo the Clownzilla appears and destroys the ice cream truck. Uh, it looks like he kills the Terenzis because they get left behind. And he just chucks it and explodes. Um, Dave winds up creating a distraction and Mike and Debbie can manage to escape before the ship takes off. Hey, but the truck's a lease, though. They couldn't leave the truck. It's a lease. That's how it goes in the 80s. Um, So JoJo eventually picks up Dave and Dave then uses badge to pierce JoJo's nose, causing a huge explosion that destroys the ship and Leads to some fireworks for those outside. Um, a clown car drops out of the sky and Dave emerges along with the Terenzi brothers who somehow survived the giant explosion. Um, and they hid in the ice cream truck's freezers moments before it was destroyed. Uh, so they hid with the ice cream in order to survive. Must have been cold in there. As the group watches the fireworks created by the ship's destruction, pies fall from the sky and land on their face. What a way to end a clown movie. Yep. So, what did you guys feel think about the setting of this movie? You know, small town, invaded by clowns. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the way you have to do an alien invasion movie. Yeah. You know, it's either that or... Because if you get into the big cities, then you get high budget. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you... you, you you kind of need a place that's going to have a carnival for it to really, really work out when you have killer clowns. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree there. Uh, Justin's talked a little bit about the music, the song, Killer Clowns. Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, definitely set the tone for the movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. cheesy 80s music. Yeah. Um, how about the uh, effects in the movie? Um, I think, you know, that I, 
with a movie like this, like that's what you're kind of coming for is the crazy wonky designs and stuff for everything. And obviously you can have a lot of fun when you're doing clown stuff and yeah, crazy, especially at the end with all the carnival stuff. Like that's a great reason. Like, especially with all the doors, like that part is funny. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, of course it's made by people who are known for doing special effects. That's going to be the focus. And that's kind of what carries the movie. Cause the movie, like, you know, one scene, it's them killing a random person you've never seen before. Then it skips to the other people freaking out that you know. And then it goes back to them killing another random person. But yeah. that's okay for a movie like this. That's kind of what you want. Yeah. Uh, how about the uh, script and dialogue? You know, very 80s-ish. Yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely, it was oozing 80s. Um, I mean, it was, and you could tell that these weren't, you know, actors, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, they, they did good. I mean, you, you, you it made it a little bit more believable that yeah. they didn't really quite have that whole thing down. Um, but you, you could tell. Yeah. And I'm glad the clowns didn't really talk much. Like, I think it's, it's fun that they're, they just make weird noises and they're silent. I think if they were yeah. talking, it would have been a little bit too much. Yeah. I think it kind of mimics Yeah. It. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the clowns, they were funny, too. There's certain moments. You know, I love the scene with the, um, the like, the um, shadow puppets. Mm-hmm. You know, first it was, like, the, the bunny and, you know. Um, but they, I like the bikers who destroyed the little tricycle one. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You're going to knock my block off. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> um, and, you know, the fear of clowns is a legit thing. You know, me and Justin, we've seen it firsthand. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. I still talk about that. Talk about what? So we went to Fright Kingdom in New Hampshire. It just has to be, like, what, nine, ten years ago? Now, yeah. And we had taken a friend of mine that I was in college with and en route to Fright Kingdom, she let us know, let it be known that she was afraid of clowns. So we're in the lobby of Fright Kingdom waiting for our turn to go in. And a clown appears from behind the curtain. Because there's always clowns. There's always clowns. She sees this clown and proceeds to, like, start to freak out. So now the clown has seen this and is like, okay. Target, 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 target. Right here, right here, right here. So with Fright Kingdom, you go into one haunted house and then you come out and come out and then you go into another one. Like, you know, it's just a straight walkthrough. Yeah. You kind of wait in a line if it's really busy in between houses. But for the most part, you just go right from one to the next. Yeah. This clown showed up in every house Mm -hmm. and then let his friends in the clown house know that they had somebody that was afraid of clowns. And tormented the shit out of this girl the entire time, which was kind of funny to us <laughs> because we're so used to just going the two of us and not really getting scared. So it made it a little enjoyable for us. <laughs> not a little. <laughs> so a lot. <laughs> we get out of Fright Kingdom and we're getting ready to head over to um, what the fuck is it called? Yeah. What was the other one? Spooky World. So 
we're kind of discussing the plan of attack because there was like six of us that had went or five of us. And what happened then, Justin? So we're headed towards the car. It's a pretty decent parking lot, but we're about halfway there. And our clown friend shows up behind us out of nowhere. And she just bolts for my car. And she managed to get into the back seat on one side. And he followed her into the car (laughs) through the back seat. Like she didn't open the door. Like she was backed up. Like it was like she was flipping out and he just kept coming in. And eventually she got the door open and just kind of fell out. Oh man, it was great. We didn't realize that he had gotten into the car with her until we heard the high pitched squeal from inside the car. So great. So then we get over to spooky world. And of course there's a clown thing there. There's always clowns. And these clowns that were outside the maze had her cornered, and she grabbed what was like a hockey stick. One of them had a hockey stick. And she was ready to start swinging. That's awesome. So that was probably was the kind of thing that would have won America's Funniest Home Videos if we had had camera footage of it. Oh, yes. While it was happening. Yeah. It was like, almost it as good have as won that YouTube. It was almost like that, as good as that time we went to Spooky World and some kid wanted to sit in the car the whole night. Eh, you know. So, all right, so back to Killer Clowns. How do we feel about some of the kills? We kind of discussed it a little bit with, you know, the clowns. T- well, they didn't really kill. They took the people, but. I mean, it, it, it was kills because none of those people ever emerged from those cotton candy cocoons. They got blowed up. So it was a high death toll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my favorite kill was the, uh, as I said, the shadow puppets. Uh, Justin, what was yours? I mean, that is a classic, but I don't know. I still kind of like the, the poor guy with the tricycle and the bikers. Get a for Blanco. Bam. Kyle. What was your favorite kill in the movie? Yeah, definitely the block one, too. Block one. All right, Justin, do you recommend Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I absolutely do. Kyle? 100%. Yes. I do, too. Um, so there has been talks for years of a sequel. Um, I found a clip from an article that was on... Um, ScreenRant.com from Edward Kyoto, who said, um, it has been previously said that Killer Clowns from Outer Space 2 was scrapped when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. But Edward Kyoto claims that is falsely reported. According to him, the sequel was not part of the acquisition and the rights sit with MGM, now owned by Amazon. If Amazon thinks enough people are interested in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, it's possible the franchise could continue on Prime Video. Um, I know, uh, I think it was Stephen Kyoto was on the movie Crip years ago, and he stated at one time they were very close to having a Killer Clowns TV series, as well as a sequel. Um, do you think either one of these could be a success nowadays? 
Yeah, I I definitely think it's a matter of when, not if. Like, especially with the game coming out, that like it seems like everything's building towards it, and like yeah, this is a perfect to get another one out. Even it goes straight to Amazon Prime if since Amazon owns MGM, like it's very possible. And with Amazon trying to acquire a movie theater, I mean, this would be the perfect movie as one of the movies. Um, yeah. So the game is supposed to come out, I believe, this year from Terravision. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole bunch of press for it back in January, but nothing more heard. Um, and as we discussed, NECA has released action figures and. Killer Clown was a big part of Spirit Halloween's display this year. They had the popcorn gun. They had a pie. They had Funkos, costumes, board games, all types of Killer Clown stuff. So it was really good to see getting some publicity like that. Um, as for ratings, IMDb gave it a 6.2. Rotten Tomatoes a 76. Voodoo, 4.1 out of 5. Letterbox, 3.4 out of 5. Justin, what do you give Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I'll give it a 4. A 4. Kyle? I'll give it a 3. I gave it a 4. So that is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Looking at the Blu-ray, It um, if you get the Blu-ray with the little clown on it, it it's got a lot of special features, the making of, composing clowns, visual effects with Gene Warren Jr., creating clowns, two deleted scenes with director's commentary, bloopers. I can, I gotta, I gotta watch the deleted scenes and see what those were about. But, um, yeah, so I think, uh, the bar is now closed. Next week, we're covering Friday the 13th, part nine. And the week after that is The Mist. And then nothing but trouble. So that's our slate for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Kyle? Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, at Movie Bar Pod on YouTube, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar at outlook.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, view, share, anything. Um, I was looking at the statistics today. 13% of our fan base is in Ireland. Go bra. Yeah. You should see some of the other countries where they must know my gingerness. Yes. So thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, and review. Goodbye. Bye. I was frozen today. Bye.